Hello, med students. My name is Zach Olson, and thank you for downloading this week's episode of the EM Clerkship Podcast. Another big topic this week. I gotta say, since starting this podcast, I've been very surprised at how many big topics there actually are. When I was an intern, I figured chest pain, shortness of breath, stroke, back pain, abdominal pain, and then other random stuff that is uncommon. But it turns out that the amount of stuff you need to know to be a good emergency medicine physician is absolutely just ridiculous. We see random stuff like every shift. That's why I love it. We are literally a jack of all trades. Right when it seems like the back painters will never end, I'll get somebody with low platelets or something. And it's just such a mental relief because I hate doing the same thing over and over and over. It's one of the big reasons why I love my job. Today, we are talking about thrombocytopenia, which is a big topic, low platelets. Not uncommon. I've seen this a lot, actually, especially because we're getting CBCs on everybody, which is a completely different conversation. You still got to remember your symptoms of thrombocytopenia, too, though. Don't just rely on the lab test. Platelet issues classically present as the more superficial mucosal type bleeding, epistaxis, gingiva, maybe GI or bladder or vaginal bleeding, bleeding to the outside of the body, usually not deep bleeding. Deep is the key word used with the other coagulation disorders. Deep joint bleeding or deep muscle bleeding. Also remember that with platelet issues, you see those non-blanchable petechia and purpura on the skin. Just remember those symptoms because you'll definitely see some of that during your clerkship. But usually we catch this because we get the CBC on everybody. Today, I want to talk about the big five causes of thrombocytopenia that you need to know. TTP, which is thrombotic thrombocytopenic purpura. HUS, hemolytic uremic syndrome. HIT, which is heparin-induced thrombocytopenia. DIC, which is disseminated intravascular coagulation, and ITP, idiopathic or immune thrombocytopenic purpura. TTP, HUS, HIT, DIC, and ITP. And we're going to go through these one at a time. First, thrombotic thrombocytopenic purpura, TTP. In TTP, the patient has decreased Adam TS13, which usually what that does is it eliminates the exposed von Willebrand factor on damaged blood vessels. Remember that von Willebrand factor is partially responsible for triggering that platelet plug to form. So without Adam's TS13, too much of that von Willebrand factor stays exposed for too long and little platelet plugs form all over the body. Let's cover two things with TTP. First, there is a classic pentad with TTP. Not that you always see this, but that pentad is thrombocytopenia, okay, microangiopathic hemolytic anemia, which is basically like anemia with schistocytes because those RBCs are getting cut in half by the sharp little platelet plugs all over, neurologic problems, renal problems, and fever. That's the pentad. One more time. The pentad of thrombotic thrombocytopenic purpura, and you need to know this, is thrombocytopenia, microangiopathic hemolytic anemia, 
neurologic problems, renal problems, and fever. The other thing to cover here is kind of a classic trick test question that I got burned on once. Let's see if you can get this. So let's say you have a pregnant lady and she has hemolysis and low platelets and she's seizing. And your first thought is, and it should be, eclampsia, help syndrome. But she's not in the third trimester yet. Eclampsia doesn't really happen in the first and second trimesters. Before the third trimester, on the test at least, this is actually pregnancy-induced thrombotic thrombocytopenic purpura. And now you'll get that question right, and I got it wrong. You treat this with plasma exchange. You don't transfuse platelets or anything like that. Your second disorder, similar to our first one, HUS, hemolytic uremic syndrome. It's caused by bad beef, bacterial infection, classically causing a diarrheal illness, basically, sometimes bloody, sometimes not. And this is exactly like TTP, only without the neurologic findings. So it's more renal. So there's four things this, on this one. It's thrombocytopenia, microangiopathic hemolytic anemia with those schistocytes, renal problems, and fever. This is classically more of a pediatric case. You're not seeing too much neuro with this as opposed to TTP. Supportive care, again, you don't transfuse platelets. Third, heparin-induced thrombocytopenia. Patient was on heparin a week ago. Now they're clotting everywhere, and you can't figure out why. Platelets are less than 150 or have dropped by 50%. That's heparin-induced thrombocytopenia. The classic mnemonic is thrombocytopenia, thrombosis, and time. Stop all of the heparin. Don't give any platelets. We haven't given any platelets for any of these yet. Fourth is DIC, disseminated intravascular coagulation, our fourth cause of thrombocytopenia. This one's not good. This is a response to some systemic something. Infection, who knows, but it's very bad. There's full clots, not just little platelet plugs, but clots forming everywhere. So these platelets are getting clotted up. All of the body's fibrinogen is clotted up. So now the patient has nothing to stop the bleeding and the coag times all go up. You get a skyrocketing D-dimer product from the body breaking down and trying to dissolve and recycle all of the blood clots so that it can stop bleeding. And this is very bad. You can give platelets here, especially if they are bleeding. It's not against the rules, but you got to figure out what is going on, what triggered this, and get the patient better. DIC is bad. And last, our fifth cause is ITP, immune or idiopathic thrombocytopenic purpura. Now, immune thrombocytopenic purpura is very common. The body is chewing up its own platelets. Patients will get started on some steroids, and again, you can give some platelets here if you need to. But what I want you to know in this section is that tons of other stuff that I didn't mention can also cause idiopathic thrombocytopenic purpura. So there's more than five things. I kind of misled you. Um, HIV, hepatitis, viral infections, drugs, including antibiotics, aspirin, blood pressure medicines, digoxin. There's a huge list of drugs that cause this. They can all cause thrombocytopenia. Um, alcohol, uh, immunization, so many things. That's what you need to know here. 
most of these get better on their own. Most of the ITPs get better on their own. And this is definitely the least bad category as far as immediate life threats. But ideally, you're going to figure out what that trigger was and get the patient in with their doctor who can look into things. Low platelets aren't just something to be ignored. But that's it. Thrombotic thrombocytopenic purpura with that pentad. Thrombocytopenia, microangiopathic hemolytic anemia, neurologic problems, renal problems, and fever. Hemolytic uremic syndrome, which is basically the same but without the neurologic symptoms. Heparin-induced thrombocytopenia, which is thrombocytopenia, thrombosis in time about a week ago. DIC and immune thrombocytopenic purpura, as well as all of the idiopathic thrombocytopenic purpuras, all of those miscellaneous triggers. That wraps up this episode. Now you know what to do when you recommend a random CBC and then the patient's platelets come back at like 50. If you'd like to do some practice questions, Roshcast will be doing some thrombocytopenia questions this week for you to review. But otherwise, until next time, keep working hard, keep studying, and be sure to enjoy your shift.